The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hold hands and close your eyes. It's half past midnight, and you're listening to the Ghost Story Pass. Welcome to the Ghost Story, guys. I'm Brendan Storr. I'm Ian Gibbs. And this is the show where we talk about spooks, specters, and all the other things watching us from the shadows beyond the campfire. Some conversations only make sense after the sun is set, and this is most definitely one. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 41, and we're coming to you from that tiny mountain cabin you dream about, but can never quite reach. How you doing, Ian? I'm doing well, Brendan. How are you doing? I'm good. Welcome back. Thank you. You have been away on vacation. I have. How was that? Uh, alternatively loud and very peaceful. Uh, which is pretty much how things go in Vegas. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you were gone for how long? Uh, we were down there for five days in the Vegas, Utah, Nevada, Arizona area. Oh, wow. So you really covered a lot of ground. Oh, oh 1,200 right. kilometers. Holy no, 1,200 miles. 1,200 miles. Holy yeah. smokes. Well, we'll talk a little more about that in the B segment. Absolutely. But uh, it's good to have you back. Thanks. You know, on the last show, we were talking about how we've spent, we probably previously spent so much time in the studio. Yeah. Uh, now it's been the opposite. Yeah, It's weird totally. being here because I feel like I haven't been here in 100 years. No, I know. It's been a long time. It's pretty pretty wild. Yeah. And of course, now... Uh, with Halloween coming up, I think we're going to be like we're moving in. <laughs> I'm going to just bring an air mattress in and, yeah. and curl up on it. That's fine. It'll it, be easier. Yeah. I'm sure everyone else who uses the space will be cool with that. They won't mind. Who's I'll that? put it behind the couch. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Who's that angry, snoring homeless guy? <laughs> oh, there's two of them. <laughs> Are they snuggling? No. No. <laughs> You're snuggling. <laughs> Since you were in Las Vegas, um, I thought it would be great to look at the hauntings of Las Vegas. Excellent. Because we have never really done that. No, we, and it is a it's a fucked up town. Oh, yeah. I no. mean, you know what I mean? Like the the energy there is crazy weird. Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll get into it, but uh, I have yeah, it's it's quite the place. Yeah. And since we're doing a show on Vegas, I thought we needed some appropriately desert-sounding music. Okay. And so our musical guest on this episode is the Railtown Park Band. Cool. They're out of Edmonton. Oh, there you yeah, go. Yeah, The song is Paradise. You can find them online at railtownpark.bandcamp.com. Very cool. Yes. So when we come back from the break, The Haunting of Las Vegas.
Welcome back. As we said before the break on this episode, we're going to be talking about the hauntings of Las Vegas, uh, which I didn't realize there were many. No, I wouldn't have thought of it. You know, I, uh, I was actually looking into this because it was hard to find personal first-hand stories from Vegas. Interesting. And I think I figured out why. I think that is tightly controlled. Oh, kind of like the way a hotel doesn't want it getting out. There's a ghost in the hotel. I was, I found this book. It's uh, The Haunting of Las Vegas by Janet Oberding, I think. I'm just, I better make sure I get that right. Janice Oberding. And uh, she talks, it's, um, I I don't know that you necessarily need to read it, but um, I picked it up on Kindle. And some of the stories, one or two of the stories we have here uh, tonight will come from that. Oh, cool. But uh, what I, the story that really got to me was one about the Luxor. And she said that there is apparently a spirit which passes through the lobby of the Luxor. And it wears a, a brown striped suit um, and will pass right through you. Wow. It, it walks where it walks. It, it will not divert. And apparently, a paranormal team went to the Luxor management and tried to ask about doing an investigation. Right. And before they even finished the sentence, they were shut down. Yeah. And I, th- I honestly think that's a big part of it. Yeah. I, th- I think it is so tightly controlled. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because there are some stories in there that I had never even heard of, which we'll, we'll touch on in a bit. But like major events in Vegas history that I was completely unfamiliar with. Well, and the, and the Luxor is weird. Oh, absolutely. I went through there. I went in this sideways elevator just to go on the sideways elevator. I think they call them inclinators. Whatever. It's a piece of garbage. <laughs> yeah, it I was don't... like, why don't they whip the horses harder to make us go faster? Like, that was terrible. <laughs> but it was, um, no, it's got a weird energy. The whole place feels odd. Oh, it does. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, apparently uh, it's not uncommon for there to be suicides from those interior balconies. Makes sense. Because uh, for those of you who haven't been into the Luxor, the Luxor being this enormous pyramid-shaped hotel. It's really dirty right now, by the way. Oh, is it? Outside's covered in dust. Looks so bad. You can see all the seams for the windows. Oh, really? Oh, it looks like garbage. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, so it's shaped like a pyramid, and it's shaped that way inside. So the the rooms, the hallways, are actually open to the central courtyard. Yeah. So the hallways to the rooms are open, and they're sort of tiered. Yeah. And I guess what what has happened in the past is people will take a header off those things. Wow. Uh, they tell in, in Haunting of Las Vegas, Oberding tells a story about a woman who took a header and uh, landed near the buffet. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. That's fair. Um, One way to get a premium. Tell, is, is, it, is it though? I, unless you're really fast and you can grab a Brussels sprout on your way down. I've, okay, well, maybe if she landed near a table and the people are like, oh my God, we want our money back. That's what I would do. Oh, I see. Okay. I'm taking I, advantage the, of the woman's death for my personal the game. The people in the buffet. Yeah. Okay, well, that's, no, yeah. I would too. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'd be filling my pockets up with ham. And shrimp. And, yeah, 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 and shrimp yeah, and just yeah. saying, oh my, this is disgusting. This, I, I'm horrified. I want a refund. That's, <laughs> hold my backpack. <laughs> that's right. I need some buns. Sir, is this dripping gravy? You're dripping gravy. <laughs> You're, how dare Your you? Your mother is dripping gravy, that's sir. That's my blood. That's right. <laughs> well, at this point, I would believe that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I guess they've permanently relocated the buffet uh, to an area where that is harder to do. Oh my god! But there has been uh, a few people, really, who have apparently taken uh, you know triple gainers off the. There's a reason why the windows don't open. Uh, that too. Yeah. I mean, Circus Circus is the only one left with windows that open. I didn't realize they open there. Yeah, they do very small amount. There is a screw and a washer in the window so you couldn't get a human head through the window oh really they, you can tell they were regular opening windows uh, but I think they've stopped that now yeah I imagine yeah well I was reading this speaking of Circus Circus which I actually quite like yeah uh, because a lot of people crap on it that's where I stayed but it's yeah, cheap yeah it's cheap yeah. absolutely and I think it's one of the few places on the strip that don't charge you for parking 
It's the only place on the street that the doesn't only, charge you for parking. So up until I want to say 2011, at least, because I remember I, that's when I went down for Olympia. Right. They didn't. No one charged you for parking. Really? It was just park. Oh wow. Uh, as far as I was aware, I mean, I just parked all these places. Yeah. But no. Then, now you have to go. We parked at Mandalay Bay one night to be at the other end of the strip specifically, yep. and I think it was 15 bucks for parking. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So Circus Circus, I was reading that there are hauntings there that are, again, pretty tightly controlled. Uh, apparently, you can hear loud cries for help in the poker room. Okay. Uh, and also rooms 123, 230, and 576. Huh. And supposedly at night in the bathroom of 203, you hear help me. Wow. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, you think of the history of Vegas, how many people ended up not coming back from a trip to sure, the desert. yeah, yeah. Um, it's not that shocking. It's not that... Especially as hotels are one of the most haunted buildings anyway. Oh, sure, yeah. Well, people coming and going and... But yeah, so that's uh, sort of a, a couple of the places, a couple of the stories I found yep. uh, in Vegas. There's a few more we'll talk about, but but tell me a little bit about your trip or tell us about your trip. Yeah, no, stayed at Circus Circus. Definitely creepy. Yes. And... Pizza restaurant's not bad. I uh, didn't... You know what is funny? I did not spend one single dime in that casino. Really? Not the restaurant, not the casino. Um, oh, no, that's not true. The very first night had the buffet. Oh, okay. It wasn't great. I'm shocked. It wasn't terrible, but it was, you know, not awesome, but it was cheap. Main Street Station. I know. I'm, I didn't get there. 13 bucks. That's amazing. And it's solid. So it did a couple of biggest days, like the first night and the first day. Right. Uh, had to buy my friend new shoes. Right. <laughs> Did not have the right shoes. Uh. That was not good. Uh, used Uber, but we rented a car. Started okay. the very first morning. Oh, right, right, right. And we had free parking at Circus Circus. Yeah. So that was good. Uh, and then the following day, drove out and did Grand Canyon, Route 66, Hoover Dam. Oh, right. Um, which was awesome. I mean, it is breathtaking. Oh, absolutely. You can't even describe it. Looking no, at pictures no, no, no. doesn't work. Next day, and we did this on purpose, kind of broke it up. Right. Next day, did Old Vegas. Oh, did pay 25 bucks a person to go see the Mandalay Bay Aquarium. They have an aquarium? It's amazing. It's actually accredited by the Association of Zoos. Right, Of course, because you love aquariums. I love aquariums. Right. So, um, it was pretty awesome, I have to say. Fair enough. Uh, and then went to Red Rock Canyon. Oh, nice. That afternoon. Yeah. Because, again, the car. Uh, and then the following day, went to, and this, I had no idea this was even a thing, Mount, no, Mount Zion? No, oh, yeah. just yeah. Zion. Zion National Zion Park. Zion National Park. It's breathtaking. It's lovely. It's, I, yeah. Did you go to Weeping Rock? Mm. There's a little trail that goes up to, I think it's Zion. Has oh, Weeping I didn't Rock. walk anywhere. Oh, okay. I'm a fucking animal. <laughs> it is so hot. This is true. Like, yeah. I spent the whole time in a perpetual state of dampness. Like right. I, and almost to the point of overheating. Oh, so I that believe I, it. Uh, when we were in Red Rock Canyon, um, I'm like, I'm going to stay in the car. Oh, come on. No, you don't understand. I am not yeah. feeling well. Oh. Um, so that wasn't good. And went to White Castle Burger. Of course. That was awesome. <laughs> no, uh, heart, no heart attack grill then. No, I went there last time. That was a bad idea. Oh, you did? I did. Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, it's obscene. Uh, well, I, it's, it's, <laughs> his reputation holds, holds true then. It's obscene. If you weigh over 350 pounds, you eat for free. Right. Sick. Yeah, that's not good. It's not right. So it was good. It was it was fun, but honestly, if I'd been stuck on the strip for five days, I I would have been one of those statistics. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> it's, it's it gets to you. It does. It really gets to constant you. noise, constant people, constant lights, just bombarded every single time. Yeah. So it was really good to break it up with 
out-of-town adventures. Absolutely. And, and, and going out and seeing Vegas where, like, real people live. Yep. Yeah, that that's a good thing. It's a whole different thing. Well, and you realize the strip is pretty minimal in terms of the city. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. But if you're only there, you think that's Vegas. Absolutely. Like I said, it was kind of hard to find first-person stories. We don't have a ton of them this time. No. Um, but I did find one more from the strip, which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, it was the Dunes. Okay. And the Dunes is gone now. It's, it's, it's where the Bellagio is now. Right. Or it used to be where the Bellagio is. But apparently you could feel cold spots in the casino and the main tower. Hmm. And uh, up, when the upstairs lounge was empty, there was a blue glow that no one could explain. Wow. Which is kind of interesting because you always hear about blue in association with things like contact sighting. Yeah. Contact events and stuff yeah. like this. Now, is there still stuff going on in the Bellagio? Is it a residual? Or once the building was gone, so was the haunting? There was nothing in the book. And I suspect that if there is, they clamped down on it pretty tight. I bet, yeah. And, and that's what I kept coming up with, kept sort of running into w w researching this. And what the guys um, were telling me is that it, it's just hard to find anything about the strip that's, right. that's really substantial. I mean, they do or have... Or genuine. Or genuine, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, they do have a Haunted Vegas tour. I, I haven't done it, but it's there. So there is some information out there. Right. But I think it's probably very general. Yes. You know. Wow. Um, but I did, while researching this, I did have something uh, kind of confirmed for me about Vegas, which What's I thought that? was interesting. So I've only ever been into Bally's yep. once. I walked into Bally's and I thought... In back This was back in 2008. I was walking through all the hotels. Yeah. First time I'd ever been there. Right. Walked into Bally's and thought, oh my God, this is so sad. Wow. You know, this place is so sad, I have to leave. Wow. And I just thought, ah, oh, because it's, it's just a, I assumed it was because it, it's not really themed. No, it's, it's older. It's just a hotel. And, yeah. Well, I found out while researching this, uh, there may be another reason. Hmm. And that is because that is the site of the great MGM fire. I didn't know there was a fire. Neither did I. So wow. I'll, I'll, I will tell you about that. Excellent. So the original, because there's an MGM Grand now. Yes, which the is, green building. Yeah, which is like 5,000 rooms, I think, something it's, like that. I think it's the biggest. I don't think it's the biggest in the world, but it's the biggest. No, no, in, no, sorry, on the strip. On the strip, oh, definitely. I think it's got 7,500 rooms. Was it 7,500? I Googled all that shit when I was there. Right, so of course. I wanted to know. <laughs> um, but the, there was another one before that, and it opened in 1973 where Bally's is now. Wow. It had uh, 26 stories. <laughs> Two, I know, peasants. <laughs> uh, 2,078 rooms and a total footprint of about 2 million square feet. And that's for both the hotel and the casino. Okay, yeah. Uh, it was built by, or commissioned at least, by uh, Kirk Kerkorian, who I think was the owner of MGM at the time. Cool. And uh, the whole place was modeled after the MGM film Grand Hotel. So the, the opening was you know, covered in celebrities. Gregory Peck was there, all these people. It was a huge deal. It was a very right. opulent place. Yeah. And uh, it, it had pretty much everything you could want in Vegas, uh, except for fire sprinklers. <laughs> As you do. Yes. I guess uh, they weren't mandatory in 73? Well, funny story. Ah. So they had some sprinklers. They had uh, in the arcade, the showrooms, and the convention areas. Okay. They had sprinklers. In the restaurants, no. In the rooms, no. Wow. So, and, and, and get this. They were told, they were told by the fire marshal they needed to have them. Uh, it was ruled that the fire marshal did not have authority to enforce this. <gasps> what? Technically, the county was responsible for enforcing and it. And they didn't do it. There is some suggestion that uh, there may have been some... A little gre Greasing of the wheels. Yes. Well, 73, that was still pretty mob-controlled. Because uh, apparently they, they said, well, we don't want the added expense. 
We're, we're, <laughs> we're only spending $106 million building this place. The 192000 it would take to add sprinklers <laughs> everywhere. That's, that's just not happening. That's crazy. Oh, yeah, what are you talking that about? wasteful. Oh, <laughs> you buy cocaine with that money. <laughs> so it all started on December 21st, 1980 in, at 7.05 a.m. The supervisor of a marble and tile setting crew went into the deli restaurant in the hotel right. to check for broken tiles. Because right. I guess they care so much that they replace broken tiles every day, <laughs> which is nuts. Uh, but he went into the kitchen. He saw what looked like a flickering light. Right. As he got closer, he realized the wall is on fire from countertop to ceiling. <sighs> Holy shit. So he ran out, got security, and um, then he went and got a hose and fire extinguisher. And he tried to fight it. But by the time he got this, it was so powerful, it kept knocking him down. He couldn't even get in the restaurant Not anymore. Good. It's over. Uh, and they estimate that the fire spread at a rate of 15 to 19 feet per second. Oh, that's done. It and there was nothing to knock it down. No, that's the thing. It, it, what if they built the walls out of crushed tissue paper? Well, they said that all the, furn the furnishings and moldings were so flammable. <gasps> that's why it spread. But that no. and the em all the empty space in the lobby and all the, the right. it just whoosh. <gasps> so firefighters got there at uh, about 15 minutes later. Right. They got 40 feet into the casino before they were chased out by a ball of fire. And this is from the Clark County report I read. Wow. It rolled out of the deli. A ball of fire rolled out of the deli. What? And forced them to leave. That now, sounds biblical. I know, right? <laughs> and well, this was a, a fuck up of, of biblical proportions. Oh, absolutely. So, so, but that said, the firefighters managed to contain this by 8.30. So oh, in less than 90 wow. minutes, they managed to contain this fire. That's pretty good. Um, but... It destroyed the casino. You can find photos online of the wreckage. Right. It destroyed the casino, destroyed the restaurants. Oh, wow. It didn't touch the rooms, though. Huh. However, because of faulty smoke dampers... <laughs> Surprise. 80 people died of smoke inhalation. Oh, my God. In the they probably levels. didn't even wake up. Uh, oh, they probably slept. No, they woke it. up. Oh, did they? They woke up. The, uh, yeah. One of um, those found all the bodies by the fire exit kind of situation. I don't know about that necessarily, but uh, yeah, they were, because they, they've, they've evacuated most everyone. Right. Something like 300 people were evacuated by helicopter. Cool. Yeah, I know, right? Very <laughs> skyscraper, which looks like a terrible movie, but that's a whole other thing. Uh, but yeah, so 33 people, or sorry, th about 300 people were apparently evacuated by helicopter, but 80 died of inhalation. One poor motherfucker jumped. Oh. And four burned. Oh. But, uh, it, so, it, that was sort of the end of the MGM Grand. Right. Uh, you know, insurance claim was put in, the whole place was knocked down. Right. And Bally's was built. Okay. And so, it to me, that explains why Bally's feels the way it does. Yeah. Because that there's a whole there. lot of sadness. Yeah. And a whole lot of ugliness there. Yeah. And you wonder, I mean, we talk a lot about origins of this shit, and, and you wonder if there's something about the place that just sucks the life out of shit. Yeah. You know, maybe it was like this before they even built the grant. Yeah. But because they didn't give a rat's ass, they just built it. And then people went, oh, this doesn't feel right. And then right. the place did what it had to do. To correct it. To correct it. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty heavy. Yeah, it was it was gnarly. And again, I had never heard of that. You just, you don't no. hear it referenced. Uh, and, you know, it's funny because most cities where something like that would happen, there'd be a plaque or sure. a memorial or something. But, no, there's nothing. No. I mean... I it, didn't go into Bally's. It didn't even occur to me to go there. Right. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Um, and, and say at the time, I had no awareness of any of this kind of stuff. Right. I was just checking out every hotel on the Strip. Yeah. yeah. And... Wow, eh? So... Cool. Uh, don't go to Bally's. Or, well, I mean, you can. I mean, it's probably cheap. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's just not a real happy place. Weird. 
I actually like staying a little bit off strip if I can. I would now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Especially with a car. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. The car changed the entire trip. And, it was and great. And the thing is, too, if you want to go to the strip, all you have to do is Uber. Oh, I did that, too. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you, just, you don't have to worry about parking. Yeah. Very colorful people driving Uber in Vegas. Yes. <laughs> there are quite often very colorful people driving Uber in general. True. I mean, I remember this time in L.A., I caught a ride with, it was an Uber driver, but he had a friend in the car. Oh, weird. So these two dudes just picked me up, had no idea where I was going. They dropped me in some McDonald's parking lot. I was trying to go to the fucking Arclight. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Now that we've covered some of the strip stories, I thought we would uh, share some of the stories that the guys managed to find off the strip. Yay. And these are sort of more uh, local Vegas stories. The Shadow Party. When my father returned from Operation Desert Storm in 1992, he was transferred to Las Vegas. And so, of course, my family followed him. I was 10 at the time. In Las Vegas, we lived in a small apartment complex away from all the tourists and what most out-of-towners think about when they think of the city. Before I tell you exactly what happened, I want to say I'd never experienced anything like this before and never have since. On one particularly hot afternoon, I got home from school and decided to take a shower. At the time, the only people in my apartment were the babysitter, her son, and me. But when I got into the shower, I started to hear voices in the bathroom. Thinking maybe the other two people in the apartment had come into the bathroom for some reason, I opened the curtain and saw something else completely. Shadows. A lot of shadows. It looks like they were drinking and having a party in my bathroom. The shadows didn't even acknowledge my presence as I dashed out of the shower to get my towel, wrapped it around myself, and ran out of the bathroom. It was like they couldn't see or hear me. Of course, when I told my babysitter what happened, she gave me a doubtful look but came back to the bathrooms with me, where, surprise, surprise, the shadows were gone. My babysitter told me that I'd probably imagined it, but if I was ever scared again, I should bring the cat into the bathroom with me. She said they can see evil spirits and chase them away. To this day, whenever I shower alone, I try to have an animal in the room with me. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Poor cat. I know. Jesus, this has got to see some stuff. <laughs> I mean, my cat loves to bang on the door when I'm in the toilet, but you know, then it just, once you open the door, it kind of goes, eh, okay, it's just uh, still you. My friend had a cat who thought that male genitalia was sort of a punching bag. Oh, no. Yeah, no, oh. that was good. So he wanted to make sure he was not in the bathroom. And uh, definitely not on the counter. Yes. Oh, God almighty. <laughs> or in a leaping mood. No, or that. <laughs> uh, the story, though, kind of reminds me, because we've covered this before on the show, where people will be in a room and think they hear the sound yeah. of a party. Yeah, or, so or noise, or yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so it's kind of interesting someone actually saw it. Yes. Which, and that the shadows didn't even acknowledge them. Didn't notice. Nope. Yeah, it, it always makes me, th or not always, but in this particular case, it makes me think of maybe like a time slip. Yeah, and I think, who knows what was there before that apartment. Maybe that was the ballroom of a grand house. and Yeah, or even know. just the dining room. Yeah. You know, they, you know it's entirely possible yeah. it was, uh, yeah, if it was an apartment building, who knows how it was sectioned before. Yeah, exactly. The locker room. I was born and raised in Las Vegas, and this story comes from my high school days there, when we were required to take gym class in our freshman and sophomore years. The first thing you should understand about me is that I'm a very messy person. My appearance is neat, but that's about it. I live in a state of permanent mess. If you'd looked into my lockers during those high school years, you'd think it had been ransacked by angry blind raccoons. My PE locker had my clothes and everything else literally thrown into them. One day I finished PE ahead of the rest of the class, the teacher may not have been fully aware of this, and went back to the locker room to clean up. I was completely alone there. Who likes showering around other people? i just opened up my locker and taken out my street clothes when I heard the locker room door open. I called out to see who was there, 
and when no one answered, I went over to the door but found no one around. I was still alone. Then from behind me, I heard a loud slam and nearly jumped out of my skin. When I went back to the row where my locker was, all the doors were closed. Walking down the line to my locker, I saw that not only was it now closed, but the lock was back on it. Now I'm spooked and starting to wonder if I'm going crazy. I unlock my locker again and open the door to find everything neatly organized. My clothes were folded and my phone was placed on top. That was the end. There was no way I'd stick around to change. I grabbed my phone and my clothes and got the hell out of there. Later, I was told by several friends that our high school was haunted by a ghost of a teacher who died of a fire in that locker room and has been known to do the things I saw that day. Apparently, my locker did not meet their standards. My second experience was in college and also took place in Vegas. I was supposed to be meeting a friend on the second floor of a building on campus, and when I stepped off the elevator, I realized she wasn't there and was late again. There was someone there, though. An absolutely beautiful girl sitting on the floor, surrounded by books. At her feet, on her lap, to her side. Annoyed my friend wasn't there, I turned away from the girl, and then a split second later thought, wait, she's cute, I should talk to her. When I turned around, she was gone. This was a matter of seconds at most, and somehow, this lovely, beautiful girl had managed to pack up all her books, her backpack, and get down the stairs, all without making a sound or me seeing her. I never did find out her story, but I was later told by my late friend that many buildings on campus are haunted, so I'm convinced I laid eyes on a lovely spirit that day. Huh. That's kind of cool. That is actually really cool. I mean, the the school, the high school thing, I don't for a second think a teacher actually died in that fucking locker room. No. Not I mean, even a little. Talk kid. about hell. What the hell is going to burn in a locker room? Oh, yeah, it's right? It's metal and tile. Yeah, I, was, I had my Erlenmeyer <laughs> flask. I was mixing some shit. My Bunsen burners. <laughs> uh, I had my phosphorus that got loose. Yeah. Got away from me. Died in an underwear fire. <laughs> and even so, you, you, die in the, like, again, you die in the locker room and this is where you spend the rest of your life. Not with your family. No. Not haunting your, like, your dear departed... Your, your mother around no, stinky teenagers a bunch of friggin teenagers i don't think so no talk no. about hell no but i do i mean that's a really cool story and it's not the first time i've heard of ghosts straightening things out and and being quite domestic yeah uh so i i believe that did the teacher die in there that's a convenient no. excuse i want to meet some sexy ghosts though I, i'm <laughs> i'm all down for this bring on the cute ghosts <laughs> that's a good one yeah yeah I'm telling you yeah sexy ghosts Stop it. <laughs> the sound on the wind. The date was October 18th, 2009. We live in the desert just outside Las Vegas, and the wind had been blowing hard for the last day. That was unusual for that time of year. Despite the wind, it was still the desert, and so we left the windows open to get some airflow in the house. That night around 10.30, I was in bed, laying on my side, dozing off to sleep, when I heard a male voice whisper in my ear, Hello. It started behind my ear and continued toward my face like someone was moving past my head. I jolted awake and raised my head to look at the bedroom door. My son Brandon was standing there. Did you hear that? He asked. Hear what? Someone screaming, he replied, or maybe a loud moan? Brandon explained he had been downstairs with his brother JR when they heard the sound which sounded like it could have come from the direction of the backyard. Our room is at the back of the house and my husband likes to sleep with the television on so Brandon thought maybe the sound had come from a movie we were watching. The TV wasn't on that night though, so that possibility was ruled out as soon as he asked. 
When asked to describe the sound, Brandon said they couldn't really nail it down. It was like a scream, but not. I said that since it was a windy night, they may have just heard something blowing around, or a neighbor's kid playing outside in their backyard and the sound just traveled. I didn't mention the voice in my own ear. Brandon and JR later told me they heard the sound two more times before they went to bed. As for me, I woke at my usual time and had my coffee around 3.15am. After that, I went to the laundry room to get my work clothes, and that's when I heard it. The best way I can describe it is the sound a young woman would make if she was pinched. A short little ah sound. It seemed to be coming from the patio right outside the family room, so I went to check it out. There was nothing there. Not a person, not an animal, nothing. I took a walk along the fence line of the yard and couldn't see a single thing scraping, blowing, or otherwise looking like it would make a noise. There was just the desert and the wind. When I mentioned this to my adult daughter Leslie the next day, she had a story of her own. That's kind of weird, she said, because I saw a little girl last night. Uh-oh. Hmm. She said she had been sitting in the living room and gone to the kitchen for a glass of water. From there, she glanced down the hall toward her daughter Zoe's room and saw a little girl standing there. Thinking it was Zoe, she told her to go back to bed, then went about getting her water. On the way back to the living room, Leslie saw that the little girl was still there, only this time she was peeking around the corner. So she put her water on the coffee table and went back to tell Zoe to stop messing around. The girl was gone, and when Leslie went into Zoe's room, her daughter was sound asleep, snoring and slobbering all over her pillow. She says this happened around 10.30pm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I think we've had a story similar to this in that a family experiences things separately. Yeah. But at the same time. Yes. Which I just don't have any kind of sort of thoughts about. I don't, it's sort of, ba- like not off the top of my head at least. Right. It kind of baffles me. Well, maybe it's like an energy burst. In right. the environment, oh, maybe. so activity can happen all at the same time. But if they're in the different locations? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I believe in family spirits, that families can be affected by a spirit that may have attached. But I don't know. That is, yeah, it's because it's a totally different thing. Yeah, it's a strange one. I don't know. I don't know. It's good, though. I felt uncomfortable in the desert. We were driving out of town one night. I think this first night we had the car. And we're going further and further and further into the desert. And it was getting more and more isolated and less cars. Right. I said, you know what? I think we should go back. Interesting. I don't feel right about this. And I made a joke. I'm like, oh, how many gamblers crossed the mob and are wandering around out here (laughs) in spirit form? But it felt very, and perhaps it was just the unfamiliarity of the area. Right. That openness of the desert, which is something we are not used to here in BC. No, not at all. Um and maybe that was it, but no, I'm like, no, we need to go back. So no, we did. <laughs> I, I think that's worth listening to. I, yeah. mean, I think the desert doesn't fuck around. No. Last night, a couple nights ago, I was out for a walk in, uh, in James Bay and I went down to Dallas. Uh, I'd been over at some friend's place and they, you know, got me loaded up on coffee. Right. So it's 1230 and I'm wide awake. Yeah. Uh, and so I was standing at the water and I realized it is so quiet down here. Oh yeah. So quiet. And I turned around and several of the streetlights were out. So everything was black. Yeah. So I started walking back towards, um, sort of back up Oswego Street. And that's when I realized it's not only quiet and still there's no one. Right. And it feels like you are all alone. Yes. On the far side of the moon. It yeah. felt like the time I got caught in a riptide. Right. And pulled out to sea. Yikes. You realize how far away you are from where you need to be. That's why you never swim in the ocean. What's wrong with you? 
Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> That's, no, you're not wrong. <clears throat> and I haven't done, not, done that since. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it reminded me of that. And I, I started walking closer and closer. And there is sort of an area in my neighborhood. I call it the highway. Because yeah. I truly think it's a thoroughfare for things we can't see. Yeah. And that whole stretch of road crosses that highway. Oh, wow. And as soon as I was cross, as soon as I had crossed it, all of a sudden I saw a car drive like three blocks up, drive from one side of the street to the other. And then there was more cars everywhere and there was people again. Weird, eh? But I had that feeling like I shouldn't be down here yeah. by myself much yeah. longer. Yeah. No, it feels very, very isolated. Very yeah. alone. And then that night actually had the weirdest dream. The content of the dream by and large is not important. You know, it's not relevant to the rest of it, except for at the very end, I was sitting in a cable car with a girl, a young girl. I was a different person. Yes. <laughs> the rest Big of the boobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> no I, don't re- I don't remember what she looked like, but she's sitting on the bench of the cable car and I was, you know, chatting to her. We were chatting. We were, yeah. we were being casually intimate in the way of people who know each other. Yeah. And she got a text message and I thought it was interesting because I don't normally dream about phones. It's yeah, very unusual to dream yeah. about phones. Yeah. But she got a text message and all of a sudden she became uncomfortable because she said the message was from her father's friend and he commented on how bored she looked. And all of a sudden she was frightened because he was watching somehow. Yes. But we were looking around and we were on this cable car. We were in the mountains. There was no way he could see us. And I woke up feeling like I was being watched. Wow. And now it could just be a dream, Yeah. but I feel like what really happened was the dream was the first part. The latter part was me interpreting external stimulus right. into the dream. Right. And I think, or incorporating like it. Like when you dream you're in an earthquake and you wake up and someone's shaking you awake. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think something followed me from the highway. And was watching you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's creepier than any of the stories we got going on today. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, man. Well. Moral of the story, stay home, stay home after midnight. Yeah, right? It's yeah. like gremlins, but yeah. walking. <laughs> the lousy psychics. My husband and I were traveling to Las Vegas for vacation. As always, we prayed before we left for divine protection. <laughs> As you're getting ready to go and drink and gamble. Whatever. <laughs> As we sat at the terminal awaiting the boarding of the plane, I had a funny feeling about boarding the plane. I did not voice it to my husband, and we boarded. As I sat in the plane before takeoff, the feeling increased. I told my husband that I thought that something was wrong with the airplane. We both agreed that if there was a problem with the plane, the plane would not take off. The captain started the engine and started to taxi to the runway. I was sitting right over the engine, and I could hear a funny noise. We both decided that the plane would not take off, but would return to the terminal. The captain immediately came on the speaker and said we had to return to the terminal. He later explained that the plane had been serviced and a problem had been found. The crew had tried to do a makeshift repair and send the plane out without a needed part. The part that was missing would have caused engine failure. The captain said that the crew would try to replace the part. My husband and I agreed that they would totally change the plane. Then the captain came back on and everyone got off the plane and boarded another one. We went safe to Las Vegas and we thank God for inside information and the power of prayer. I had to include this because I hated it so much. I know, right? I'm dry heaving. Oh, man. I'm dry heaving. Now, let, let's just break this down for just a quick second. Yeah. We have inside information. Right. Something is going to happen on that plane. So get the fuck off the plane. They, they got on the plane. Yeah. Oh, well, oh, well we knew it was going to be this. Like I can predict anything after it happens. Yeah. 
You're going uh, to finish your sandwich. Oh my God, I did just finish my sandwich. <laughs> you know what? I just had this conversation with a friend of mine. She was going to walk over to the grocery store close to our work. She got a very strong feeling she shouldn't. She thought, oh, I'm being stupid. Right. So she began to walk down the stairs towards the place. Almost felt like she was walking through snow, like just dragging herself through. She goes, fine, fine. So it was like a voice in her head was yelling at her. Don't do this. Don't do this. Right. And you do have to cross a four lane road. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. get to where we're going. So she got in her car and she drove feeling foolish. And she got what she needed to do, came back. She sat down and she's like, you know, I kind of wanted to come back and find out there'd been this horrible accident where I would have been walking. <laughs> and I, and I, I said to her, I get it. I said, when we listen to those hunches, as human beings, we want validation. Sure. We want something to be like, yes, and look, the plane fell out of the sky and you weren't on it because you were so smart. Um, and she got that completely, but it still kind of rankled that she'd had this insight, she'd had this premonition, but nothing happened. And I said, yeah, because you weren't there. Yeah. Like you weren't there when that car came speeding around the corner without looking. Yep. That's why everything was fine because that car just went on his way. So don't dismiss it. Don't ignore it. Follow it. This story, not so much. No, this is stupid people. Ignoring the kind of people who pray for parking spots at the mall. Yeah, that's right. that was such a pet peeve of mine. Really? Oh, my mom used to do that. Pray for a parking spot. Let's all pray, kids. We need a parking spot. Oh my god. Oh, it drove me crazy. Yeah, because God's got nothing better to do. No, no, no. Than he's, find you parking so you can go to the gap. He's over really? Here making universes, making universes. Oh shit! They need a parking space. Yeah. Let me. Just, there we go. Right close to the Cinnabon because I'm extra pleased with <laughs> That's you. Yeah. Right. No. No. Why well, I just love that God sent them this information and then they did all this shit anyways. Yeah. Don't get on the plane. Yeah. And God sent them to Vegas. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> just no. The Circle. My story begins with coming home from Las Vegas in August 2012. It had been a good trip and after unpacking, I decided to unwind from a day of travel by watching some television in my lounge. I dropped off to sleep while watching TV, as I sometimes do, but when I woke up, what I saw was anything but routine. There was thick black smoke hanging over my television. That's not good. No, I, I thought it had caught fire. The smoke was so dark. I had never seen anything so black, but it wasn't spreading like smoke from a fire would. Instead, it was holding in the shape of a circle above the television. And while this part doesn't make a lot of sense, but it felt like it was looking at me. I remember looking at it for five or ten seconds, moving my head around to take it all in, when all of a sudden the smoke started pulling together towards its center like it was being sucked out of a tiny hole. A moment later, it was gone completely. I've experienced paranormal events all my life, so I wasn't scared exactly, but that was totally unique and I still don't know what to make of it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it reminds me of um, a long time ago, the very first time I ever got high. Uh, like this is, I was 20. 11. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> my family wasn't that bad. Uh, no, my family, my, no one in my family touched that stuff. No, I was, you know, like nine, no, I was 20, 21, you know, sowing my wild oats. Right. And we made some, uh, some pot brownies. Right. Yum. No, oh, yeah. And, uh, we had no idea what we were doing. So of course we, uh, you know, we, we, we ate them. Classic story. Waited an hour, hour and a half. Nothing happens. We ate a bunch more. <gasps> I went to the bathroom and I, I was going to wash my hands and I realized the faucet won't cooperate. Oh, I'm high. <laughs> and I opened the bathroom door. I said, uh, guys, and I hear from the other room. Yep. We know. 
So uh, how long were you high for? Oh, eight hours. Oh, it was back when I had eight hours in which to just to do nothing. Like I remember playing with the flashlight in the dark at the seat, like pointing it at the ceiling, and, and just it was kind of, the most amazing. Oh, it was it was seen. fantastic. <laughs> but um, anyways, and snacks and so so much snacks. Yeah, yeah we ate a lot of food. Yeah. Almost yeah. lasagna. Anyways, not important. <laughs> but the reason I mention it is we turned on the Simpsons, and uh, you know because you watch television, of course, we found it so sinister. We could not watch it. It was deeply upsetting. And then I was listening to a podcast. I think it was Grimerica uh, a couple years ago. And they used to do trip reports where people would talk about interesting things that happened while they were, uh, you know, altered. And this guy said he was watching, I think it was The Simpsons. And this voice started, I think he was on Salvia, but this voice started talking to him from the television. And it was almost like the television was a delivery system for something very unpleasant. Right, right. Something that was taking from you and doing damage to you. Right. And I thought it was such an interesting thing to have these similarities Mm -hmm. with the same program with something that's so ubiquitous. Yeah. You know? And and I don't know. I mean, this is a whole poltergeist thing here, but situation. But I just wonder if there's some... You know, second layer to this yeah. kind of these kind of things. Like it's just a television, or is it? Well, and also too, if you're high, your defenses are going to be down. Right. So that actually makes some sense too. Yeah. That you'd be more open to being, I don't know, oppressed, bothered. Yeah. Uh, we just we found The Simpsons, and this is the point of my life where you know I could quote the show oh, yeah, chapter and verse. Yeah. But uh, it really kind of changed our perspective on it. One of my uh, Ghost Walk friends took a foursome, uh, two guys and two girls, right, on a tour. And uh, she is a marijuana enthusiast. Right. And so at the beginning of the tour, they're like, hey, do you mind if we get high? And she's like, sure, you know, knock yourself out. And it was Halloween. It was dark. It was rainy. It was creepy. She said they got so high that by the end of the tour, the girls were crying. They were so scared. Oh, God. And the guys were like practically walking back to back so they could like defend <laughs> each other from the terrors of the night. Oh, man. So she thought that was pretty awesome. But I can see that. Like you'll... Everything is enhanced or altered in some way, and yep. you're just going to see weird shit going on. Oh, sure. Yeah, no, I I, I mean, I've had other, not many experiences like that, but a few. Uh, I won't get into them now because we don't have time, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's a balancing thing because I find if you go too far, you open up. Right. And then you, it's hard to close that door. Yeah, absolutely. This old house. This happened sometime between 1999 and 2002. I can narrow it down that far because I hadn't graduated from high school yet and was still living at home with my family. Our house was a four-bedroom rancher in Las Vegas, and my room was the former garage that my carpenter father had converted into another bedroom. At the time, I was pretty young and had no interest in the paranormal one way or another. All I cared about was hanging out with my friends. When my mom first started telling me that knickknacks from the back of the shelf were being pushed off the front, that the doors were shutting by themselves, and the TV was turning on and off. I didn't really care at all. My attitude was very much, oh really, can I go out now? One night, my parents drove to California to see my grandparents and took the rest of the kids with them. I was the oldest, and so they let me stay by myself, which was so cool. I liked having the house to myself. Of course, that was also the night we were robbed. Oh, that'd be so scary. Oh, I I, I don't think she knew until after. Oh, good. But still. Good. Thieves broke into our shed and took most of my dad's tools, which scared me more than anything else in this story. I didn't hear anything, but that's the thing that happened. Anyway, I decided to sleep on the couch that night because I wanted to watch TV. I never sleep without the television on, and the living room 
set was way bigger than mine. Plus, it's Vegas. It's hot. And I didn't have AC in my room. Just as I was dozing off, I heard my brother's door shut, but very slowly, creaking like something out of a horror movie, almost as if someone was trying to shut it as slowly as possible so I wouldn't hear them. I told myself it was the AC slowly blowing the door closed, and I went to sleep. In the middle of the night, I woke up to find that the TV was off. Not cool. I fumbled for the remote and quickly turned it back on. That might sound weird to you, but I'm frightened of the dark and claustrophobic, so when I'm in total darkness, I feel like I can't breathe. Once the TV was back on, I calmed down and drifted off to sleep again. This is a common theme, people having the TV on while they sleep. Yeah, I, I actually, uh, if Nick is out of town, sometimes I'll do it depending on the night. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I sort of have my what I call my first to my second sleep. I will fall asleep on the couch and wake up a couple hours later and then transition to the bed. Like a hobbit with second breakfast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and it's not uncommon for Bren to fall asleep to Iron Man 3. Really? And then... <laughs> I just... No. I have a sound machine. Like a roar like, right. all the time. And if I don't have that, I do find it hard to fall asleep. So I get this. But I found the TV too distracting. It would just pull me out of my sleep. What I tend to do is I'll, I'll put Netflix on my phone, but put, put it face down. Uh, and so it'll be a film I know well. I hear the murmuring. So I kind of recognize it's kind of a familiar noise. Interesting. But I won't get the light. Interesting. Okay, well, there you go. About seven in the morning, I woke up to find the TV off again, but I could hear someone talking and some shuffling in the hallway, so I figured it was my parents. My dad hates me leaving the TV on, so it made sense he would have shut it off. I felt way better knowing they were back, so I went back to sleep again. When I woke up for good around 11 a.m., obviously a teenager, I realized, yes, or, teenager. or Brennan, yeah, <laughs> I realized my folks were not back yet. Who the hell had I heard? After that night, I started to believe. Another night, I was sleeping in my little sister's bed. I think I sleep everywhere except my room, and I was having trouble getting comfortable. Irritated, I sat up quickly to adjust whatever was bothering me and heard a little girl gasp right in my face. But there was no one there. Another time I was sleeping in her bed while she was away. My little brother was sleeping in the other bed that's in her room. We were goofing around and talking the way kids do when they don't want to go to sleep, when we finally started to fade. As we did, we both heard a noise that sounded like an old man breathing really hard. It passed over us, then faded away. The final night of activity in the house happened when I was sleeping in my brother's room, in his bed, and he was sleeping on a mattress on the floor right next to me. My mother and sister were in the next room sleeping on the same bed. My mom was drifting off to sleep when she heard what she thought was my sister making a soft, high-pitched, and almost melodic moan in her right ear. She assumed my sister had made the noise in her sleep and paid it no mind. Then, a moment later, my sister shook her and said, Mommy, did you hear that? The thing is, we all heard it, and that was the last time anything paranormal happened in our house. I wonder, maybe there'd been a little girl, and this was her way of telling us she moved on. That's interesting, because they're not usually, like, time-limited. No, I, I think I it's... mean, if something's passing through, it's, of course... But for something to have been there and then just sort of head out on its own? Yeah, I'm bored now. You, you <laughs> people suck. I'm out of here. It's unusual. I'm going to go haunt some more interesting people. You know? <laughs> the ones who are more scared of me. Yeah, people who have cable. <laughs> I can't live without HBO. That's oh, wait, right. I'm dead. <laughs> well, I can't die without HBO then. I need to know how Game of Thrones ends. <laughs> 
No, that's that's interesting. I, I think it's fascinating too that the the burglary happened on the night her parents left. Yeah. You wonder were they watching? Did they know? You know, or, maybe or, the car being gone. Maybe yeah. Right. And and it's interesting too that, that the activity stepped up that night. You know, it's almost yeah. like strange energy moving through, and and not strange, but like. Uh, oh, you've got a okay. I was just gonna say, did the activity step up, or was it because she knew no one else was in the house that she heard it? Right. Because I know if I'm asleep in a house and I know there's a cat there, everything is attributed to the cat. Right. But if I'm in the house and I'm hearing noises and I know I am literally the only one there, that's uncomfortable for me. And you are spending the next, what, two weeks living in a haunted house? I am. Way the hell out in the bush? Just moved in today. Fun. I know. And it's a big house too. Luckily, there's a cat. Oh, okay. So I'll be okay. He will protect me. Oh, the cat talking. (laughs) Hey, cat, what's up, man? I've come for your soul. Oh, cat, you tell such funny jokes. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, the kitty's making margaritas in the kitchen. <laughs> That's, right. That's awesome. Hear the blender and the microwave beeping. Oh, he's getting himself a snack. Oh, what a talented little That's guy. That's what I'm going to do. Pull up the covers. Yep. Pull the covers See? over my head. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Getting texts from you at 3 a.m. What's up, buddy? Yeah, you want to come out and visit me? So the house, <laughs> house is haunted, eh? Totally. It, it is. I'm very scared. I peed. <laughs> but... I'm not in the toilet. <laughs> I thought, thought that was implied, but thank you for spelling oh, that out. Sorry, I wrecked Classy. your joke. I don't even know if it was a joke. I don't know what it is now. Now it's just sad. Let's just move past it. A haunted life. My paranormal experiences date back to when I was a child living in England. My earliest memory is a dream of being led through our garden to the river's edge and being shown dead bodies floating downriver. The bodies were all dressed in period clothing, and I believe I have recently connected the dream to the Black Plague that swept Europe. I talked to a friend of mine. They, they did not throw bodies. They did not the throw river. bodies. They the were river. put in plague pits. Yeah, and they were burned. Yeah, nice try. Yeah, um, I, and this story, I think, um, I think there is some mental illness at work here. I do think there is legitimate haunting. Right. I also think there's some mental illness uh, at work. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, the first paranormal thing to happen, the first paranormal thing to happen to me in the waking world was when my sister and I were heading into our playroom. She was a little ahead of me and entered the room first. When she did, the door suddenly slammed behind her. We both started screaming and trying to open the door, but it wouldn't budge. Not cool. No. It really felt as though someone was holding it closed with the inside. The door finally opened of its own accord, and we fled the playroom sobbing. My family relocated to America, Las Vegas specifically, when I was six, and I actually enjoyed some peace before the voices started. I would wake from a dead sleep to hear formless voices screaming my name and what sounded like paper being thrown around the room. The voices sounded like everyone who was present in the house at the time, screaming my name, taunting me. I left my room to see where everyone else was, and they were all in bed sleeping. The voices refused to stop, despite my begging them, and so I would run and hide under my covers until they ceased. This didn't happen often, but it was enough. And even when it wasn't happening, I felt like something negative was in my room watching. And I kind of feel like that's That's schizophrenia. Yeah, it would be unusual for it to kick in that early. Okay. Like, usually it's a more of a teenager thing. Once the hormones kick in, it seems to start up schizophrenia, but it does sound weird yeah Yeah. when i was 10 i had an amazing little dog when she came into my life the voices stopped waking me and she made me feel safe when we first met it was if we were meant to be together she was a stray that i found under my under my mother's car no one had ever seen her before and no one could find her owner the day i found her i gave her food and water and played with her in my gated backyard my family was about to leave to go shopping and i didn't want to leave her i was scared she would run away so i stuck her in a box and left with my family To my surprise, when I got home, she had escaped the box and was sitting at the opening to my backyard waiting for me. She had the chance to run, but stayed and waited. 
Anytime I left the house, she would escape, and then when I would come home, she would be sitting on my driveway or the street corner waiting for me. My dad fixed the problem by cementing the ground under the gate that he built when he let me keep her. She learned to wait at the door for me. If I felt uncomfortable around anyone, she could tell and would nip at them to get away from me. Other than that, if I was okay, she was okay. We did everything together. She was my protector and my best friend. But one day she got out. I don't think this is going to end well. This is not going to end well. No. Uh, If you have any kind of sensitivity about animals being hurt, I would skip ahead a few, uh, maybe 30 seconds. Yeah. I was playing at my friend's house across the street when I heard my brother scream my name. To my horror, she was being attacked by two large dogs a few houses away from me. Oh, no. And that was the day she was taken from me. The night after she died, I had my bedroom door open. I started to hear her call her in the hallway. It was just around the time at night when she would leave my room to do her patrols around the house at night to make sure I was safe. I sat up in bed and to my surprise, I saw her ghostly figure walk right past my doorway. I ran out to look for her and called her name, but she was gone. The morning after I got up before everyone, I was still mourning her loss. I walked into the living room and felt her following me. I sat on the couch and felt something jump up with me and then a breeze crossed my face and it smelled like her breath. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You're such a romantic. Gross. Nick's like that. I like the cat's breath, but she doesn't, yeah. No, keep your filthy hole away from me. (laughs) God, that's a... Oh, boy, I'm glad we could cap this off in a respectful way. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it soothed me knowing that she was still there, even in death. I'm not going to read that. That's not that unusual, where people experience that for a week or two after their animals die. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty unusual. Um, oh, I, I forget. There's a little bit more here. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, no, okay. Since then, I have noticed that I'm able to do things that may not be normal. I can sense if someone is negative, even if I don't know them. I can sense when something bad is going to happen. I even had a vision once of a man sitting in the backseat of my car wanting to do harm to my boyfriend and I. We were at a gas station and shortly after the vision occurred, a man walked up asking for a ride. We said no. So uh, that's uh, basically the end of the story. But um, yeah, I mean, we've talked about it on the show, people with pet stories and stuff like this. Yeah, for sure. And it's not that unusual for them to come back to say goodbye or not realize they're gone. Yeah. Their energy hangs around for a while. I mean, I, I do think there is, um, I do think this young lady is, is sensitive, yeah. but I do think there is also some mental illness at play. Well, and it's a very fine line. That's so true. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I know there are times where I struggle with that when, yeah. when you know, with, with my experiences, I think, is this really happening yeah. or am I suffering from something? Right. I, and I've had, you know, we talked a little bit earlier, uh, I've had a CT scans done. Yeah. You know, I, I've had various other medical tests done and I, I'm, you know, my brain is as normal as it's going to get. <laughs> um, but yeah, I still have these things happen. Yeah, no, I get it. And there was a gal I knew, um, she is very level-headed, but she sometimes wakes up at night and there is a red orb in the corner of the room. Right. Almost like it's watching her. Wow. And uh, she doesn't. she's not scared of it. And I actually did a little bit of looking for her and found out that might be a kind of protection thing. Okay. But she went to every doctor she could find because she was concerned it might be something else. Something wrong, you know, a problem yeah. with her eyes or a yeah. tumor. Yeah, yeah. Completely clean bill of health. Wow. So There you go. Yeah. Hmm. But uh, I think it's important to continually evaluate. I agree. Because, I mean, as you say, it is so close. I always think about when we first opened the Instagram account. Yes. And that young lady from Los Angeles contacted us. Yeah. And you, I mean, you dealt with that, thank God. Uh, but, because I'm, I'm not good with that kind of thing. <laughs> I just don't know what to say. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, y- you said it sounded like she was struggling with mental illness. Yeah. Yeah, and I encouraged her to go and talk to a doctor, actually. Yes. Uh, I, and I said, you know, it could be, but it could also be these sorts of 
physical symptoms so yeah, you might want to check that it's out it's good to rule that out exactly yeah i yeah. mean the, the two two sort of run parallel as you say yeah they or, do or and, and and that's the sad part and i think there are people who have been in history incredibly sensitive to things but have been convinced they're crazy or oh, absolutely tip into yep. madness because no one believes them and they sure you know what's our definition of crazy someone who doesn't think like everyone else right yeah so, absolutely it's a short hop yeah so well, on that happy note. Yay, that- madness and suicide really <laughs> captured this episode. Oh, and little dogs being torn apart by other dogs. Yeah, That's I, awesome. I think, I think we nailed Las Vegas. I- <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll be right back after the break with our patron shoutouts and some listener mail. I'm not saying this is Welcome back. Thanks to our researchers, Luke Greensmith and Anthony Germain, for their work on this episode. Yay! Yes, it's nice having those guys around. Definitely. We got a bunch of... October's going to be a busy month, so I'm glad we got them around helping us out, because it's going to be nuts. Yeah. Before we get to our patron shout-outs, I thought we'd do some listener mail, because we haven't had time to do that last yeah, couple times. Yeah, awesome. Our courteous and efficient staff is on call 24 hours a day to serve all your supernatural elimination needs. We're ready to believe you! Uh, we've had a ton of mail, so we're not going to be able to get to everyone. No. Uh, but we just want to thank some of the people who have reached out. People like Allison, Jacob, Donna, Kevin, Melanie. And just so you know, I've been away for a week, so the yes. mail's kind of backed up a bit. That's but right. I will be responding to you, so please keep that in mind. Yes. Also, Melinda, Sarah, Patricia, and Sandra, all who sent in stories, who sent in uh, various things. Uh, we're going to be doing, I say, I think we have enough for two listener stories episodes. Wow. And I'm looking forward to doing that. And uh, we have, uh, I have a special announcement. Dun, 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 dun. We actually have two special announcements. Oh, the, oh. One is a surprise. I wanted to surprise you on air with Oh, this. shit. We're going to be taking a break in December as we, as we did last year. Yeah. Where we take a one episode break. Right. Uh, but when we come back, the welcome back episode will be the mythical dream episode. <gasps> no. Yes. No. Yes. This is a momentous occasion. It truly is. In the history of our podcast. The pillars are shaking. I am shocked. Yes. We have received uh, recently so many dreams, and they have inspired me to get to Actually work on Actually do the yeah. dream episode. People like Sarah and Tate and Melanie yeah. and a few others whose names escape me at the moment. Awesome. Yeah. So when we take, we're going to be taking a break in December. When we come back, the mythical dream episode. Well, you know how much I love interpreting dreams. So Absolutely. So bring it on. But yes, so the Mythical Dream episode is coming. I'm so excited. Myth no more. Incredible. Yes, and the second announcement I'm going to get to uh, right after our patron shoutouts. And we have uh, quite a few of them, actually. And thank you for the continued support from Yeah, we we want to thank... all our patrons yeah. for your support. You have, you're making life a hell of a lot oh easier for God, us. Oh my God, no kidding. I can't tell you how much we appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, but, we, but we especially want to thank our new patrons. They are Corrupted Michael, Steve Perkins, Sarah Vivian, Amy Thompson, Sarah Kent, Julie Elith... I don't know how to say that one either. Julie, I'm probably going to get this wrong. Julie Elitheriu? Sound good. Well, we'll give it a try. Yeah. And Mary Still. Thank you so much for your for your help, everyone. Big time. Again, I just can't tell you. You know, we're, we're 
at a point now where we're, we're paying the bills and uh, we're also we're, we're upgrading some equipment. Yes. So you will help us do that over the next couple months. We're going to be adding a couple pieces of uh, of hardware that'll hopefully make some of the editing a little bit easier. Which will make Brennan a much happier human. Yes. As we've, <laughs> as we've discussed, maybe Brennan will never be happy, but he'll be happier. Happier. Yes. It's all, we can hope It's for. all on a scale. And the second announcement is that we've recently uh, received the final draft of a piece of original artwork we've had commissioned. That original artwork is by the artist Trey Trimble. You can find him on Instagram at Trey Trimble. That should be posted by the time you hear this. And it will be available in all our stores, Redbubble, Threadless. We just love it. It's, it's inspired by the synthwave genre of music, which we sometimes have we've featured on here. And we are going to be hosting a giveaway on our October 30th show. That's our last show before Halloween. The big one. Yes. <laughs> and what we're going to be doing is we're going to be giving away a poster, a large poster. We haven't figured out the size yet. Um, it'll depend on the final resolution of Trey's uh, finished image. But it'll at least be a, a 12 by something. It'll be a substantial poster. It's not like a little four by 12 six. Twelve feet. Yes. Yeah. I'm. am sending them a fucking <laughs> that banner. That seems huge. So they can fly Use it, it for from curtains. The, the ramparts of their castle. <laughs> you dick. But uh, big. It'll be a big poster. Yeah, big poster. High quality. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll we'll have signed it in shiny silver pens. We will, and we'll even personalize it. So yes. And and how how can people ad- obtain this great treasure? Well, the poster will be drawn from among our patrons. So ah. if you want a chance at this poster, I'm thinking probably maybe like a 24 by 36. Oh, nice. If you want a chance at this poster, all you got to do is support us on Patreon, even at the $1 level. That gets you in. And uh, we have something like 56 people right now. Yeah. And we'll, So your odds are pretty good. Your odds are pretty good. Uh, we will be drawing that, again, October 30th. We'll pay for shipping, everything straight down to you. It'll be a high-quality poster print. There's a, a place here in Victoria I work with I'm uh, for my photographs. I'm very fond of their work. Very high-quality stuff. And that will be yours. Nice. So sign up on Patreon at patreon.com slash guys. Not only do you get access to that contest, you also get early access to the episodes anywhere from a few hours to a few days early. I'm trying to aim more towards a few days than a few hours. Right, right. And you'll also get bonus material that other people don't get. There'll be outtakes from every episode. And they'll, again, range from a couple minutes up to our, thing, our bonus two episode had something like a 12-minute conversational outtake. So it's, uh, it's never anything you need to understand the rest of the episode but you do get things that other people just don't get right we also have things like exclusive instagram live events uh the ghost Guy guys snapchat and well yeah so far the only instagram live event has been with me but we had a good time that was a lot of fun <laughs> and so yeah that's all available again at patreon.com slash ghost guys and you can check out the rewards there and uh yeah we look forward to drawing that poster. I can't wait to see it printed. Yeah, it's going to be I'm cool. I'm going to get us all t-shirts. Ooh. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, we should like wear the t-shirts as we sign the poster and then take a picture of that and then send that too because I'm just getting super meta now. Yeah, yeah this yeah, is all weird. Then there's a picture of the guy taking the picture. No, yes. Yes. Standing behind him. No. I'm sorry. Uh, which one of us is high here? I, <laughs> I just normally like this. Oh, well, this that's is how my brain works. Terrifying thought. I know. Try living inside here. I will not. <laughs> For the last time, no. <laughs> Before we head out, I wanted to thank our musical guest, the Railtown Park Band. You can find them online at railtownpark.bandcamp.com. And you can find them also on all the major streaming services. But I think their new album is a couple bucks. And uh, they're a really talented band. Help them out. Go Alberta. Go Alberta. <laughs> Uh, do you have anything coming up? Uh, no, uh, we're gearing up, of course, uh, for the Halloween walks. Right. I am not doing 12 nights in a row this year. That's that good. That was 
pretty much borderline suicidal. Yes. Uh, and then I've got a reading with Shannon Sin coming up at Russell Books later on in October, which I'll talk about more when we get closer to it. Sounds good. And uh, I know we've got a spot coming up on Journey Through the Gate, but we'll uh, I don't know when that's going to happen, so we'll post that once it goes up. Um, I will have a profile in Revved Quarterly, the October issue. Wow. Uh, yes. That sounds fancy. Their Halloween issue. Uh, it was funny, actually. The guy from Revd is named Pete, uh, and he's he's a good guy. I've, I've talked to him on the phone a couple times. I wrote something for him last year, and I'll, I'll be writing something for him this year as well. But uh, when he called to do the profile, because obviously I wrote the book about Revelstoke. Right. Um, I think he was expecting the answers would be much more concise than they turned out to be. <laughs> you know, he said, uh, like, for example... You know, uh, tell me about you know what do you think about ghosts, you know, and uh, are they real? And I, I, I this is like a, a four paragraph answer, right? And the poor bastard, I think, had no <laughs> idea. What he had. Finally, in desperation, he turned to you know yes, no, maybes, and even then, you know, do, are aliens real? Well, you know, it's not as easy as and then paragraph. So I, <laughs> I, I think I think I put out on Twitter that his notes one hundred percent contain some variation of this fucking guy. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And I've got a, an interview spot booked for Miami Ghost Chronicles for next month. Uh, but again, that'll we'll, we'll talk about that one, cool. a little bit closer to it because I don't know when that's actually going to air. It's not right. a live broadcast. Right. Oh, I wanted to give a shout out to the podcast Holly Weird Paranormal who uh, gave us a shout out on their most recent show. You can find them on iTunes and all those places. Bless them. Uh, yeah. Their most recent episode was about The Wizard of Oz. Cool. And it was actually pretty cool. I um, A lot of the stuff I didn't know. And... Uh, it was cool because they debunked some of the more popular myths about oh, that production. Oh, I, like, I like that stuff. Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the whole thing about seeing one of the little people who's hung himself, you know, they debunk that. I, I think that's great. I, yeah. I respect people who do that. And they actually had a couple interesting theories about um, things like residual hauntings and such. So, right. yeah, again, I don't can't remember their website off the top of my head, but you can check them out uh, on iTunes and all those places. They're on Instagram. Again, that's Holly Weird Paranormal. And I also had a chat with... Um, Tara from, I can't remember if it's Tara or Tara, so I apologize, but from the Bloody Murder podcast. And uh, we had a bit of a chat on Instagram there, and they were a lot of fun. Cool. So Excellent. you can check them out also. It's Bloody Murder. They're on uh, iTunes and all those places. I mean, their audience dwarfs ours. They don't need our help. But <laughs> if, if, you want your, your, uh, if you want your fill of Australian true crime, Very they're the cool. people to go to. Yeah, I love the true crime stuff. Oh, yeah, it's huge right now. Yeah, I mean, time. I tell you, if we'd been smart, we would have come up with a true crime podcast. I know. It's all over Netflix. Oh, God, I yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. The Staircase, all 4,000 volumes of it. Really? Oh, it's like 13 episodes or something. Did you not see that one? Oh, God, yeah. Nick watched. I couldn't. It's so boring. I thought it was boring. <laughs> it's just the minutia of, like, legal stuff. I've been watching I Am a Killer. Oh, you were telling me about yeah, that. It's yeah, still, yeah, It's still pretty it's good, It's pretty eh? good. And it's so cool how varied it is. Some of the guys you watch and you're like, yeah, you did it. And then the other, <laughs> guy, the other guys tell their story. Because they're all, of course, somewhat innocent. Except one guy. One guy totally was like, no, I did it. It's all me. Right. You know. Um, but the other guy told his story. And then as they interview the other people in the story, you're like, yeah, this guy got a raw deal. Really? Yeah. So it's really interesting how different it all is. Huh. I'm still catching up on Better Call Saul, so. <laughs> I'm just halfway through season two of Ozarks. Oh, yeah. I heard that drop season two. Is it good? It is good. Nice. I love that show. I think it's brilliant. I love the actors. Laura Linney, Jason Bateman. Come oh, on. Very you talented, yeah. You can't beat those guys. I so. tried watching it. It was a little too Breaking Bad. I, I just okay. didn't like the vibe. Um, but uh, I've, I've heard good things about it. The woman who plays uh, the teenage character, I'm blanking on her name. She plays like a local Ozark girl. Right. Um, brilliant. Really? Oh, I don't know how she does it. Huh. She plays a 19-year-old and she just is so tough and so hurt 
and so brittle, and yet she has these moments of kind of insight and poignancy, and ah, amazing. All right. So I recommend it. Well, on that uh, television recommendation, <laughs> we will be back. Uh, we'll be back in a week with our bonus episode. Right. And until then, into the darkness we go. Surprise you're gay, no. <laughs> Surprise of turning into a woman. <laughs> oh god, no. How many tabs do you have open up there? Jesus. A lot. So what happens? A lot of porn. <laughs> no, it's in the uh, incognito window. <laughs> These are all just research tabs. Oh my lord. There were and that's the other thing I loved about Vegas is the people watching. Oh it yeah, it's <laughs> there's nothing crazy. like it. Uh, we saw seven brides on Sunday night. Really? Seven. One of them was probably in her early 60s, and her groom was in his early 30s. Wow. And he was, like, really nerdy looking. Like, you knew. Right. He spends a lot of time playing video games. And I think it, for both of them, it was probably like, eh, good enough. She's wearing a red crepe tutu with a bridal veil, and he had that little cheesy 
you know, can't quite grow mustache. Oh no, like the oh. pervert stash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they both got out of the limo, and she's holding a little bouquet, and I was like, nope. Oh man, nope. Yeah, it's. But hey, you know what? If they're happy, God bless them. Absolutely. Yeah, more power so, to you. Yeah. Oh right, my turn. Yep. Is that lousy physics or psychics? Psychics. <laughs> I didn't think it was physics because that would make a lot of nope. sense. Be a weird math story. We're totally out of league. This one's just going to be us bagging on people. Yeah. So. <laughs> make America nap again. Just... <laughs> anyway, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> deep breaths. Deep breaths. <sighs> okay. You're home now. You're safe. It's okay. Nope. Sounds terrible. <laughs> it's like, from what? Yeah. I mean,